0: I wonder if you remember the last time you tried something new. Whether it was a new job, a new hobby, or a new type of food, there's something both exciting and scary about it all. Exciting as we imagine the new challenges, the new adventures, the new flavors. And yet scary. Scary as we wonder what if we're not good at it, what if we don't enjoy it. What if it doesn't taste good? As these feelings swirl around us, as we are on the brink of diving into something new, I wonder if you remember the moment that that's all you or I could do was take a deep breath and say, here we go, as we approach the point of no return. And also that sense of liberation as those what-ifs turned into, I can't wait untils. That's the paschal joy of all things being made new. Our readings this morning each showcase someone who is on the verge of something new. For Isaiah, we start off by hearing about this glorious vision the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, the hems of his robes filling the whole temple, angelic voices soaring aloft as they sing that triumphal hymn, holy, 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 all as the places filled with smoke. Kind of sounds like our 1045 service in a couple minutes. <laughs> the awe of that moment the sense of wonder, the excitement, as Isaiah parachuted into this glorious scene. Just hearing that description, it's electrifying. It's mystifying. But like someone who got off on the wrong floor of an elevator, Isaiah quickly wonders, am I in the right place? I am a man of unclean lips. Someone like him in a place as glorious as that. So God, the font of graciousness, sends a seraph with a red-hot coal, a coal burning with that refining and purifying grace of God, and touches Isaiah's mouth with it. Having remedied Isaiah's feeling of inadequacy, God now poses a question—whom shall I send To give a message to my people. Without missing a beat, Isaiah's lips, now full of God's grace, then go on to utter those words which would change his life forever Here am I, send me. Those unclean lips, now imbued with God's grace, would go on to be God's voice in the world. A balm not just for the souls of those who heard Isaiah's words spoken in his day, but a perpetual gift for us. Those calls to have a change of heart and those messages of hope enshrined in holy writ until the end of time. It's amazing what is possible when grace meets unclean lips. A good reminder that God doesn't work with the perfect. God works with the available, those who are crazy enough to say, here am I, send me. Our other reading this morning starts off with Simon washing his nets before heading home after a long and unfruitful night's work. Poor guy, little did he know that his day was just beginning. Just as Simon was about to pack up and go home, Jesus, being followed by a crowd of people, asks, would you mind taking me out a few feet? So Simon gets to hear a lovely sermon. And then Jesus says to Simon, let's go out a little further now and catch some fish. Now a little more about Simon. If we put all the details about him that are sprinkled throughout this passage together, we see that Simon isn't just a regular fisherman. He was actually a pretty good fisherman. Two boats, multiple fishermen on staff, meaning this guy knew what he was doing. So if Simon wasn't able to catch any fish that evening, that could only mean one thing there were no fists to catch. Nevertheless, he responds, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let the nets down. In short, Simon has put aside his expertise, his certitude, aka his ego let down the nets and made room for God to do incredible work. A pretty good definition of grace, if you ask me. Saying yes, getting out of the way and letting God do the unimaginable. So that's what Simon does. He lets down the nets and that's what God does. Fills those nets with so many fish that even two boats are barely enough to bring the catch ashore. Like Isaiah, Simon is caught up in this realm of disbelief, looking around at the incredulousness of the situation, amazed at the power of grace. And like Isaiah, Simon falls down on his knees and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Can the holy really accomplish its work through the common? Could Simon, this fisherman of Galilee, have possibly been an agent of grace? Yes, Christ says, so do not be afraid. But what fear is Christ talking about? I think it was that fear we were talking about earlier—that fear of the new, the anxiety of the what-ifs. And to those, Christ tells us, do not be afraid, for through your willingness, with my grace, and in those moments when I have asked you to make something new, I will be with you making the outlandish a reality for the sake of my kingdom." Then what follows is another grace-filled yes to a call. This time, Simon, on the heels of watching the impossible, says yes to a new call. Having been shown that, with Christ, he can now go out and catch all of the people and illumine them with the light of the gospel. That's what happens when we make ourselves available to God and get out of the way. We too can become agents of God's grace, being agents who usher in God's kingdom, sometimes in small ways and sometimes in ways unimaginable. Simon saw that, and Simon believed. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. It kind of makes you wonder, with this day that God has given us, what impossible things are we being called to do?